All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. And Sean, we've got a, we should have a fun topic today. We're going to be talking about a little bit of direct mail marketing, but also some AdSense marketing as well. So we've got uh, a guest that has, he was podcast guest of mine many years ago, back when I was doing the internet, the internet marketing podcast for beginners. And uh, he came on my show. It was a lot of fun, but he was, we talked about lumpy mail, which is still one of my favorite topics. Oh yeah. Love some good lumpy mail. We both do. So uh, today he's going to be talking a little bit about his business over at, uh, what is it? Clicks, Clicks Geeks? Clicks Geek. Clicks Geek. Plural Clicks. One geek, bunch of clicks. (laughs) One geek doing all those clicks. So yeah, we've got uh, Ed Stapleton Jr. He is a marketing and growth expert. He's an entrepreneur, advisor, consultant, and... um, He's going to be telling us a little bit about what he does in the local marketing. So he does a lot of the local marketing for all types of different uh, businesses. Uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about who his clientele is, how he gets his business, how he converts those leads uh, using everything from uh, direct mail to um, online marketing, Google AdSense and all that stuff. Yeah. Looks like he married above his pay grade too. So based on this picture. (laughs) Oh, wow. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. So yeah, with that said, let's bring him up from the green room. He does have a beverage. It's not, it's a, I don't think it's alcoholic though, but that's okay. He's got, he's got some duties to fulfill after the interview. So we'll give him, we'll give him a break there. Ed, welcome to the show, man. Glad you can join us. Thank you. I appreciate that. My wife would very much appreciate that comment. Absolutely. And we got to give you even more kudos now that our audience can see you. Uh, He's got the Tommy boy uh, poster. I got to ask, where'd you get that? That is so cool. cool. Uh, I think it was from iconic uh, canvas or or one of those canvas brands. Uh Um, Way bigger than I expected. I I guess I didn't measure (laughs) out what 50 inches look like ahead of time. It's uh, pretty giant. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that one at iconic or, you know, I know there's a couple of those places, but yeah, they, they got some cool stuff, but that one's the people who know, know, and the people yeah, that know are like, what, what is that from? Is that 39? Yeah. yeah. Those, so, uh, those generation Z's just don't get it, man. And for those of you that aren't watching, um, it's a, it's a clip. It's a canvas of a scene from Tommy boy uh, <laughs> when they're pitching their <clears throat> breaks or, you know, Callahan breaks. Yeah, that's right. These days. What's that? that? Yeah. Could you imagine him on TikTok these days? Oh Oh, man. Perfectly made for it. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, he would be amazing on TikTok. Yeah. We've lost a lot of, you know, people, Robin Williams would have been great on TikTok. Yep. A lot of, a lot of people we've lost that would have done very well there. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's talk beverages before we get into business. We'll uh, we'll do this first, Ed. Before we get in, give us a, a teaser. Okay. Like this was like a teaser bullet on a good piece of copy about what we're going to be talking about on the show. Don't give away too much. Got to keep uh, people hanging around. Yeah. My, my name is Ed Stapleton. I'm one of the owners at ClickSkeek. We're a Google partner um, agency. We specialize in Google ads for local business. And... Uh, 
I'm an open book in terms of generating leads online, uh, direct response, copywriting, direct mail, uh, just growth in general. So whatever you guys want to talk about. Okay. So Ed's going to give us a secret that will transform your business overnight, right? We'll just, we'll just go with that. Just for $39.99 or $39.97. Yeah. We'll we'll give you the link at the end of the show, but you got to stick around to find it. Yeah. All right. I think that um, so I think I titled this a proven system for uh, converting more prospects into high paying customers. That yeah, sounds really pretty good. Read, yeah. No I pressure. Should really read, <laughs> I should really read the uh, titles before I jump on <laughs> these things. And I, I might, it might be helpful for me to send those over too, you know, because it cuts off like in the, when you're actually in the stream yard room. Like yeah. You can't, you can't see it. Right. It just says a proven system for convo. Conv- <laughs> So, um, all right, well, Jonathan, you and I are drinking the same thing today, but first we'll let our guests talk. Ed, what are you having on the show today? I've got a Harris Teeter seltzer, which is the store brand seltzer. Uh, I'm, uh, I got to pick up my heat in about an hour, so I can't drink and uh, show up like an IPA. I feel a little weird. So what part of the country are you in? Uh, I'm in Cary, North Carolina, which is right between Raleigh and Durham. Oh, tobacco road, right? Is that it? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I remember Harris Teeter. Like that's, that brings back memories. So yep. Kroger's trying to move into our area. I don't think they're going to survive HEB, but we'll see. So, <laughs> yep. um, all right. So Jonathan, you and I, I think are drinking the same thing. We've got the lock 15, mm-hmm. the pretty boy Porter. Yes, indeed. That? There it is. Pretty boy. This is American Porter ale, 5.7% ABV. IBU's 37.8, very specific, with an SRM of 36.3. Yeah, and I've I've also already poured mine, and it is full to the brim. Full to the rim with brim. Remember that old commercial? (laughs) Yes, we do. Uh, Sorry. So I had this one uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was not reviewed. It was a uh, second one. Uh, I think I snuck that in on on one of our shows. I yeah, think so I told is, you about it afterward. <laughs> right. So this is a peanut butter porter. Yep. Um, named after Charles Pretty Boy Floyd. And this is from a, one of the, the companies up in Cleveland or outside of Cleveland, Ohio, I think mm-hmm. Akron area. Yep. So it was named after 1930s gangster Pretty Boy Floyd. Floyd was briefly hiding out in Akron's safe house <laughs> while running from the law. He became public enemy number one in June 1934. <laughs> was killed by the FBI in East Liverpool, Ohio a few months later. And little did he know back then he'd have a beer, a peanut butter porter named after him all these years later. Claim to fame. Man, all right. some names just never die. <laughs> I mean, if, if 70 years, 80, 100 years, I don't know, 90 years, I guess, 90 years after my death, somebody names a beer after me, You've I'll done say I well. lived a good life. You've lived done a well. good life. That's right. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to take a sip. All Let's right. uh, cheers. cheers it up. Cheers, gentlemen. All right, Sean, we still writing ours down. We'll get, we'll let Ed give his and then are we uh, doing the. Sure. I'll write it down. All right, Ed, what do you got there? I mean, I know you're not, you're having to drink light there. Wait, score five being the best or the worst? Five being the best. This is like a solid, a solid 4.5 seltzer. It's better than Polar. It's better than uh, LaCroix. I I enjoy it. It's very good. 
I hate Just, LaCroix. I don't know if it's the name um, <laughs> that I can't stand or the font on the can. I just, I don't know. For some reason, LaCroix has got a bad rap in my, in my opinion. So, so it's okay. uh, four or five. All right. All right, Sean, you ready? It's really hard to write my score on these cards with these ultra fine pens that I like writing with. It's like, I need a marker at my desk just for, for this little segment here. Okay. All right. Ready? Yep. I've got 3.8. Jonathan's got 4.2 on the old handbooks there. Um, yeah, I like it. It's, it's definitely got the peanut butter. Um, I think this is a very drinkable porter though. You could, you could drink this, you know, yeah, it's, it's good. Not it's, high, it's not that high in alcohol either, so you could definitely not heavy. Chug a, <clears throat> chug a few of these mm-hmm. on a nice cool day, like it is here in Austin today. It's got that bittersweet too. For I, mm-hmm. do you notice that in it? Like the uh, yeah, I thought it'd be a little bit sweeter, but uh, I know, especially I mean, IBUs are thirty eight. It's not mm-hmm. super high. Yeah, so I'm surprised it it does have a little bite to it. Um, but you can definitely taste the peanut butter. So my guess is it gets better as you drink it. Usually these peanut butter porters and stouts, the flavor comes out over the Just course of the drinking it. <laughs> gotta let them breathe. Need to get the aerator, the wine aerator <laughs> app out and pour it through that and see. Somebody mentioned that on a show. I need to actually try that. Oh, that's try right. That. I remember that. So, all right. Well, enough. Cans or out of uh, out of wine glasses or out of out of glasses. What's your style? For these um, fancy beers, we like to. Uh, yeah, like so you know, Sean's got a special glass there. Tell him about that, Sean. Yes. So this is um, oh, who's this? I can't remember. We talked about it on the show one time, but anyway, it's a supposed to be designed for like porters and even IPAs. This is probably a good IPA because it actually says "be hoppy" on it, but it's fluted, you know, wider at the top to get the aroma. But on the bottom, it's got an etching, which I can't show you at the moment, or I'll spill beer on myself. Um, and you can see it, especially with like a lager or an IPA that's lighter, you can see through it. You can see it just pulls off the bubbles like nonstop while you're drinking it. So it can, it's constantly aerating it. I don't know how a simple etch does that, but it's kind of cool. Um, but if, if I'm drinking like on the next episode, we're having a darker, um, we're having mm-hmm. a stout, I'll use a glass shape like Jonathan's drinking out of. Nice. So, and then sometimes just a regular old pint glass depends yeah. on what's what's uh, not in the wash the uh, dishwasher at the moment. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Let's jump in, man. Well, I got to tell I got to tell you just cuz I kind of prefaced it at the introduction, but um so Ed, I think I interviewed Ed. I think we I interviewed you Ed but probably about 8 years ago, maybe 9 years ago. It's been a long time, but I remember our conversation on Lumpy Mail. You kind of inspired me i was so pumped about you know after that i started doing some uh some lumpy mail from for my industry uh based off of that using some i mean i would do everything from um you know easy buttons to rubik's cubes to army men picking up army men at dollar general and stuff like that was like yes um yeah i love dollar general for (laughs) for lumpy mail yeah Um, I've done some of that. I even did some of that with, um, when I was getting my copywriting career started, I went to a job fair and I put together these, these envelopes and I put dice in it, a pair of dice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess that'd be die dice. Um, (laughs) and I put, don't roll the dice on your next copywriter. Mm, That's good. Mm -hmm. good. And people loved it and they just, 
I got lots of appointments to talk to people yep. with yeah. that. So, um, and it's, you know, it's stuck with people. So everybody else was handing out like business cards <laughs> and one, one pagers and I had a, yep. a folder with some lumpy in it and yeah, it works, works over and over. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, it's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> no. So let's, so let's jump in. I'll let you lead and drive Jonathan. I got to ask, what was your, do you have an all time favorite lumpy direct mail that you've ever sent? Ed? Cause I, I'm stuck Um, on this lumpy thing. We've sent some ridiculous stuff. Um, uh, so a horror story. I actually just told this, I was at a a digital marketing agency conference, uh, down in Miami this week. And I was telling one of the, uh, agency owners there of a story where, I was sending out direct mail campaign to uh, either family lawyers or criminal defense attorneys. Mm -hmm. And it had a packet of aspirin, like the old style Dan Kennedy approach. It was, you know, growing your business, giving you a headache type thing, aspirin stapled to the top. Uh, (laughs) Got some good, decent leads, got some business, but I got one response from the guy who wanted to like come after me and sue me for sending uh, medicine in the mail, essentially. And, um, he got pissed. He was like, I could have taken this, had an allergic reaction and died, all these different things. And I was like, all right, that one's out. No more sending that. No more wow. food product. Nothing that, uh, that could fall into that category. So, um, <laughs> just like one, spoken like a true attorney, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, God, I hate working with attorneys. Um, <laughs> my favorite one was actually not a lump mail. It was an advertorial, uh, that we mailed in the oh, roofing cool. niche. Yep. Pulled in a, cedar roof wood job uh, or wood cedar wood roof job uh, all from like, you know, a thousand dollars worth of direct mail. So that's Mm -hmm. probably my all time favorite because prior to that, I'd been sending like one or two or five page direct mail letters. And this time we did advertorial style tear sheet where it was like copied at an angle, looked like it was photocopied Mm -hmm. and it pulled a $180,000 job. And I was like, Holy crap, this was a different, different level. So that's probably story in terms of direct mail. We're still sending it to this day. Um, We're going to send probably 20,000 pieces in the next two or four weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, still works. That's fantastic. fantastic. What kind of niches are you using, still using direct mail for? Um, So I own a Google ads agency. Uh, So we're we're targeting uh, companies that generate leads uh, using Google ads. So, and our niches are our local service businesses. So junk removal, uh, scrap yards, auto detailing, roofing, real estate investors, basically anybody that needs the, the phone to ring. But the, the key with it is to uh, individualize uh, the letter specific to the niche. So I wouldn't combine all five of those and just do one piece. It would be, right. you know, five different letters, one for each vertical so that we get the message to market, market match. And, you know, you're speaking their language, which is key. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's awesome. A lot of those guys, they still use postcard and direct mail or print oh, ads and stuff like that too, right? So you're yeah. you're you're using Google Ads to kind of support all that that they're doing. Is that what you're offering? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So when when you Google something and you see the ads that that appear, uh, we build and manage those campaigns. Those are those are called pay per click ads. Uh, essentially, it's free to be there, but mm-hmm. as soon as someone clicks on the ad, that's when uh, you get charged for that. It's an auction system. So pricing is going to ebb and flow based on, based on the market. People enter and exit the market. Competition changes. People change bid strategies. So it's it's kind of this ever changing 
stock market, if you will, in terms of pricing and how things work. We just try to uh, put a good balance in place and put good controls in place so that you've got a campaign that's profitable and it's getting you a good cost per lead so that you can grow your business accordingly. Very cool. So how did you, when did, how long have you, when did you start your agency? How long have you been in business? Give us a little background and history. Um, yeah. So we started, uh, soon, soon after we met, uh, I met my soon to be business partner. I was actually buying leads from him for mm-hmm. marketing services and, um, we just hit it off. Uh, I was more on the SEO marketing side of things. Yeah. He was on the Google ad side of things. I, I was sold the bill of goods that uh, Google ads were dead and it didn't work. And uh, that, that really just focused on SEO. That's where it's at. And, and he was vice versa. He was told SEO yeah, was dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you guys came together, right? Oh, we came from different gurus. I think that, that yeah. had their, their different sales pitches. Right. So um, we, um, I had a client, a limo client, and he kept asking me to run his Google ad campaign. And I was like, and I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, but I have a, a friend that I think can help. Mm-hmm. Why don't we bring him to the mix? Um, I'll, I'll maintain the relationship. Um, he'll be a pass through cost for you. So I wasn't making any money on it, but mm-hmm. uh, what he was able to do in terms of a Google ad campaign in like three months was just blew my mind. You know, went from a couple of vehicles up to 10 vehicles in a year. Wow. And I just really grew the business and grew it very quickly and cost effectively. And uh, I right then and there, saw the power of harnessing what he was doing. Um, he loved backend fulfillment. I hated it. <laughs> I loved the sales side of things and, uh, yeah. the marriage was born. So, That's awesome. um, yeah, we, we hit it off and, um, you know, slowly got, uh, into bed and started a company and then have just been on the ride ever since that was, uh, 2015 and we started. Very cool. All right. So how do you, Sean and I have this discussion a lot where, you know, you get, you do a lot of, you work with, within a lot of niches. Um, you know, I know, you know, do you start in niches? Do you start from a broad standpoint of like, here's our company and obviously it's clicks geek. So how do you kind of hone in? Is it just based on, Hey, I got a client from this industry. Maybe we should look into, uh, targeting this industry more, or how do you go after a niche market and see that, okay, this is profitable. How do they, you know, do you kind of filter down into home, I guess, start broad and go down or do you start down and go up? Which, which is it? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, zero based thinking, knowing what I know now, what would I do different? It would be, yes, I'd go after a particular niche. But back then it was like, you got to scrape and claw and get whatever you can get out of it. Um, early on in the business, we, we found it easy to go after uh, agencies. So target other agencies that were, that were out selling this stuff in market. And then we'd white, be a white label fulfillment arm for them on the back end. Okay. They'd go sell the job, manage the relationship. And then we would uh, fulfill the work on the back end. We'd build the landing pages, the call tracking, the campaign, the management. We'd do everything except talk to their client and sell their client. Okay. Um, so that was, that, that really got us launched out of the gate. We were involved in a bunch of local marketing groups that had a lot of agencies in there that needed this fulfillment that were more SEO specialized. Mm-hmm. And we just fit that need and that kind of got us off the ground. And then we'd slowly add on some local clients as we went through networking, through direct mail, um, just, you know, the nature of being in business and being in different groups. Yeah. Um, as we progressed, uh, we were probably in 200 plus markets over the years. Um, or industries and niches within wow. niches. And we just kind of figure out what we like and what we don't like. And, you know, there are markets we'll never, ever go into again. And we learn those ones the hard way. Let me guess, one of them is attorneys, right? 
I know they're okay, but like e-commerce and SaaS and things like that, yeah, they're just oh, yeah, different yeah. skill set. Yeah. And what we charge, we couldn't monetize it uh, yeah. for the amount of time it took us to get in there. So we realized local lead gen costs us a fraction of the time in terms of uh, time investment. Mm-hmm. We just get a better return on the time we're putting in, better return on investment. Mm-hmm. So we just steered towards local and yeah. that's really where we went and over the years we slowly cut out the white label program and went more towards the the retail side mm-hmm. increased margins um decreased support on the back end because believe it or not agencies ask more questions than the retail uh customers mm. do yep um and uh and then since then we've cut it down even further down to like 40 niches or industries and then that will actually accept the client in and then from there it's really like five to ten that we're actually focusing on and then like five that we're really focusing uh, outbound efforts on as well wow. so you know knowing what i know now i'd go right to the, the niche but yeah. um you know when you're starting out you got to do what you got to do absolutely to, to survive, keep the baby alive that's yeah, right and you learn you learn a lot along the way mm-hmm. oh, you can apply to these businesses or you know all kinds of 100%. stuff so. my, my partner and i always say that we love learning things the hard way that's just kind of what we do. <laughs> Give us a shortcut. We'll oh, yeah. fuck it up. Sorry. And is then it, we'll learn the hard way. Is it so. pretty much rinse? I mean, once you develop a system within one niche, I mean, is it kind of rinse and repeat? I mean, for you guys, I mean. Yeah. So it, it is to an extent, but keep in mind, um, it, they're localized and you have different competition in the local markets. Yeah. So different market um competitors are going to act a little bit differently mm-hmm. and bidding look a little bit differently, but generally, yes. So, the way we operate now is, uh, let's say within the 40 niches that we're in, um, we've got winning campaigns in those. So instead of building something custom from scratch by hand, we can use uh, the Google Ads editor tool and basically do what we call the clone and edit. So clone the winning campaign, go and edit it, and then have someone launched. So mm-hmm. we've always historically been fast at the onboarding process, typically two to four days, um, whereas some companies are like two weeks. With the new clone and edit approach, we could have someone live in like 24 hours. Mm. So time to market is much faster when you're within, you know, verticals you know really well. Uh, once a campaign's live, you then go into the optimization phase, and that's the hand-to-hand combat. That's the king of the hill. Once you get to the top of the hill, it's not victory. It's turn around and start wielding your sword on everyone trying to come <laughs> up and get you and take your position. Right. So that's, um, that's what you're up against. It's uh, just like the stock market. You've got to defend your position. You got people that will try to do leverage buyouts and take you, you know, for everything you got. Sure. You just got to defend your position and, and do the best you can with what you've got under the constraint that most clients don't have unlimited budget. So you got to do the best you can with what you got. Right. That's interesting. Um, I want to talk a little bit about local markets in general. We've got a lot of freelancers and other people on the, that listen. Um salespeople, you know, copywriters, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know local markets for a lot of people aren't as sexy or whatever. Um, they were popular for a while. And then, you know, we got off into all this other stuff, you know, in the online marketing world and things like that. Um, not to get more competition, but if you're a copywriter, things like that, talk a little bit about the opportunity in local marketing. I love it. Uh, I, I, I love the local markets. Um, in that it's rinse and repeatable uh, and you can have 50 to 100 or 250 of them around the country. So you yeah, can really that's that cool. niche system. So your fulfillment can become a lot easier. Um, there are companies locally spending legit ad budgets, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need help harnessing mm-hmm. that. Um, most clients locally are going to spend three to $5,000 a month. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if I had to pay, I'd say 3000 um, yeah. But I think there's a tremendous opportunity locally uh, to, to help these people grow. Most are growing, um, I don't want to say it's arrogantly, but despite themselves or despite their efforts on Google Ads. No, I think very arrogantly. I didn't mean it like that, but it's just like <laughs> no, it's you, look, you look behind the curtain and you see what other agencies are selling as Google Ads management and it's right. it's messy. And that yeah. even goes for Google reps themselves. It's just not, it's, it's uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity. Sure. And uh, specifically in the local side, uh, I think competition is a lot less than it is at like the Fortune 500 level. Uh, mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I also don't target the Fortune 500. I just imagine it's less. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I tell myself. Yeah. Um, I think they're relatively easy to get a hold of if you go after niches where there's not layers of, of gatekeepers to get past. Um, you could usually get to an owner of a local business within one or two steps or zero to one steps. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I really answered your question there, but I, I love it. Yeah. Do you find are most years like brick and mortar, they have a physical location of some kind? Good question. I would say it depends. It depends on the niche, um, either a service area or, or brick and brick and mortar. Um, yeah, so like lawn care would obviously wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have a brick and mortar, but they, they got, they might have a yard though. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a roofer, like, but the better way to think about it is, is do they go to you or you go to them? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Does the customer go to you or you go to the customer? So service area versus local. So like, a dental, a Cairo, those have offices, you know, you got to keep those radiuses somewhat tight unless it's super specialized mm-hmm. for yeah. someone's willing to travel. So they'll go further for like the best orthopedic in town, but they're only going to go five, 10 miles for the best dentist type thing. Sure. Uh, so, and then um, roofing, plumbing, it's just as far as you're, you're willing to have your, your techs and your salespeople travel to fill the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I love about those types of businesses, the smaller local businesses or anybody that's got you know, real equipment, all this kind of stuff is they are used to writing checks just to kind of keep things going every month. hundred percent. I say that to people all the time. I'm like, you guys write more checks than you have in revenue right now. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to turn on the lights every week or to fill up, especially right now to fill up the trucks with gas, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like these are real things they're used to spending. So another two to $3,000, you know, it's real money, but it's not, it, what it could be to like somebody who's online and doing information products and they have almost zero overhead. Mm-hmm. Then you go to them and they're like, so, yeah. Grand. yeah, it's, it's exactly. crazy. Yeah. So it, yeah. that's, that's a huge benefit of working with this type of, of person, you know, whether it's local or even up to fortune 500 is, mm-hmm. and they write big checks for mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Like, yep. And, yeah, uh, trucks, are, trucks are not cheap. Uh, no. Outfitted vans are not cheap. Fifty, yeah. hundred grand a tow truck, way expensive. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah workers comp. Uh, How about workers comp? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, there you go. My workers comp is a joke because we all work from home. But yeah. you throw a workers comp that gets tacked on 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 revenue. Yeah. yeah, it's it ain't, it ain't cheap. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean I've heard as high as fifty percent of revenue for for some roofers. Like it's it's crazy. So, I mean, half your money when you install a roof is going to, Mm -hmm. you know, to insurance companies. It's crazy. crazy. Um, Mike, you know, I have a question like when you're, so you're involved in the, in the process of getting them, obviously the goal is getting them more qualified leads, which leads to more business. Um, What, you know, in that process, I know you're involved in a lot of the Google AdSense, but are you evaluating everything from, obviously I'm sure you're evaluating everything to start with, with a client. Like, 
if they have a crappy like landing page or website, if they have, you know, if it, if it's really bad to start with, I'm sure that that's, you know, you have to start with kind of giving, you know, recommendations. You're kind of like a doctor, you're kind of making a diagnosis. Hey, before we do anything, you gotta, you gotta fix this. You gotta fix that. (laughs) Or do you, are you kind of the one-stop shop? Do you guys do everything or just say, if they don't have their act together on this end in terms of, you know, when they get the traffic, you say, Hey guys, you got to fix this first before we can Mm -hmm. work with you. Mm -hmm. Um, At first I would say we sell very similar to what you just described to take the diagnostic approach. Yep. You know, your lab coat checklist going through a diagnosis and then prescribing type thing. So we're, we're big believers in selling like that and not just throwing out a price. You've got to, you can't prescribe without, you know, a diagnosis type of thing. So um, we, we can help people dis, despite their other marketing efforts. So mm-hmm. when, let's say, it's, let's say you own a roofing company, it's called taylorroofingco.com. Um, instead of building a landing page on that, what we get is taylorroofingco.co or .net. Okay. And put a landing page on that domain. Okay. And it's typically two pages, um, the main landing page and then a thank you page. And that's it. And that's where we'll drive traffic to. Uh, we do that for a number of reasons. Number one, we want distraction-free traffic. Mm-hmm. We don't want them going to your blog. We don't want them going to your about page. Absolutely. We want them. Right. Yeah. The, the action we're paying for them to take, where as Sean will, I'm sure, attest to. We want to push them down the slippery slope, mm-hmm. and we want them becoming a lead. So um, that's that. The other thing is is um, trying to get access to client websites and oh, put yeah. a subdomain. Thing is a disaster. Right. And we're not a full service uh, digital marketing agency. We are a Google Ads specialist. We are not building you a website. We're not doing your SEO. All it is is Google Ads. And we learned probably 2006 to kind of just shortcut the process and buy the domain press privacy for 20 bucks as part of our onboarding process. And that's kind of how mm. we're able to put people through the onboarding process real fast. So we've got the assembly line of Worker one or employee one, team member one builds the landing page. Team member two builds the um, the campaign itself. Three does all the conversion setup, the tracking, the call tracking, mm-hmm. and then four gets it off to the client and gets them live in market. And that's kind of the the Ford assembly line that we the, put people yep. through to get them live in market. And um, the, the the flip side of that, the the other benefit to, is you own that asset, right? I mean, they're right. Well, we don't own as a we, client. That, um, we own it in that it's a, uh, it's a necessary evil to get them in market fast and be as efficient with their money as possible. Right. Should we part ways, we typically just drop the domain. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't keep the landing page because it's software that we pay for as part of service. It's a monthly software that, that we pay for. Okay. So should we part ways, the landing page comes down. The campaign itself would stay in their account. They own that asset as mm-hmm. part of the build out. The landing page would come down. Um, you could call it proprietary. You could call it us just not recurring the, the cost for them if they're not going to be a client. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we, we don't pass on uh, the landing pages should they leave. Gotcha. So are you typically doing like their business name? You're not trying to do something like Raleigh Roofer? Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's SeanMcCool.com. We get the .co with that or .net depending okay. on what's available and, and right. run with that. Right. Um, you know, one thing you said earlier, um, about a bad site. So when you're running Google ads, there's something we call the, the Google ads magic formula and it's pick the right keywords, 
See, that would have been a good tease, Ed, right there. <laughs> that's your tease if you're on another podcast. That's our, that's our book title. That's the title of the book we're working on, the Google Ads Magic Formula. So um, it's, it's pick the right keywords. It's uh, write compelling ad copy. So earn the click. And then last is send the traffic to a landing page that, that's going to convert the traffic at the highest rate. All right, so, one more time. Keywords. Yep, ad copy. Mm-hmm. Copy. Landing page. landing page. Yep. And um, give you an example of that. If when you're running a campaign, you, you've got these three columns that you're going to work through. Let's just go right to column, the last column, the landing page. Let's say you're converting at 10% and you're getting $10 clicks. That means your lead cost is a hundred bucks. If we can get that into our healthy category, which is 20% or above, that means you've cut your lead cost in half. You're at $50 a lead now, and we're at double the leads. So that's why it's such a big lever. Yeah. Now to go to the front end of that, you gotta pick the right keywords. There's exact match, there's phrase match, and there's broad match. Think of broad match as way, way top of the funnel. That's, that's 99% of traffic on Google. Those are really long search queries that may or may not be about the topic you're talking about. It might be, it might say something like, um, uh, when was the last some, when was the last time someone died at a roofing company? And technically because roofing companies in there, your ad could show for that because that's, that's part of broad match versus phrase match, which would be something like roofing company near me. Mm-hmm. That could be a phrase. An exact match would be roofing company. So you want to stick within that exact and phrase to drive the most quality traffic to the ads and write the most compelling ad copy to get you to the landing page that's going to convert that traffic at the highest rate. So it's A, B, C. Gotcha. And that's the formula. If you can nail that, you can have a winning campaign that can drive growth in the business. That's that's awesome. So tell us about, you know, landing pages are a lot of, you know, good to even, you know, average copywriters can write decent ads. If you know your market, you know, that kind of stuff where things tend to get tricky for people, I think is the landing page. They get too busy. They get too either they're, I see what a lot of what happens is you keep testing ads and you forget to change the landing page to match. Sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, the congruency disappears over time. What's kind of some of your key ideas and, and secrets for landing pages? Like, do you do super simple landing pages? Are they pretty long and drawn out? And like, what is Google, what are some of the things Google has to have on there? So it doesn't get flagged as whatever, at least that's used to be some of the, yeah. Um, Had to have footers and certain things. uh, What I would say is, is franchises don't like the way we run landing pages because they're super simple. Um, They're not going to typically stick within their brand, the brand guidelines. Um, Cause I, I am, uh, I feel like I've got a, a duty to get the, the best cost per lead for you or the, yeah. the, the most efficiency out of your budget. Uh, we, we tend to lean towards simpler rather than beautifully designed. And if I had one tip uh, in terms of landing page is um, pick mobile traffic or desktop traffic uh, when you're doing this. And okay. if you're local, go desktop, I'm sorry, go mobile. And if you're going to go mobile, make sure you're building it, looking at it, what it's going to look like on mobile view. And I, I, just, so that's a good tip. I want to repeat that. If you're local, you want to make sure that it's optimized for, for, uh, for mobile traffic. I think, mo- I mean, if you're in the consumer space yeah. in general, I think mobile is what 80, oh, yeah. 90% of traffic now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I yep. mean, Jonathan, your audience is probably desktop. 
yep. you know, yeah. that you sell to. Yep. I think for, if you're in the consumer space, yeah, B2C, you got to go mobile first. Yeah, absolutely. And just to layer on that, the, uh, the intent behind someone taking out their phone and looking up roofing company near me is significantly different than them doing it in bed at 11 o'clock on their tablet or <laughs> up on a computer because they could easily be on Instagram and we're yeah. doing any other number of things besides sure, looking yeah. up company near me. So it just, it, it just puts, you always have to, when you're writing ads and when you, when you think about targeting, you always have to think about like, put yourself in their shoes, like turn around, sit in their shoes. What's that person thinking about as they're typing that in? Why are they typing that in? And uh, that, that's why we gear towards more of the, the mobile traffic. So to go back to what Sean asked about landing pages, uh, we go simple, we go mobile, mobile, mobile heavy, mobile centric. So click the call buttons, bigger text, just make it easy to consume the content. Um, scroll real simple. They're not beautiful, but they're really effective. And, you know, we're shooting for like somewhere between a 20 and 80% conversion rate uh, in the campaign. Okay. 20 and, what is, like, yeah. and what is a conversion? Are you capturing the name? Are they like, yep. what are they, what's your typical thing? Are you giving something away in exchange for that name? Like what, what's the basic formula? Um, so it's, uh, it's, it, it's phone calls. It's form submissions. Form okay. submissions are typically quotes, things like that. This is not, um, this is not uh, download a free ebook type stuff. These are right. um, requests for consultation type quotes, name, email, phone, so maybe some other queries, um, you know, radio buttons, things like that, or some messages about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, or calls. And phone calls, um, we gear more towards phone calls in most niches. That's our main call to action, just because that's that one-to-one connection, um, closer to revenue than someone submitting a form. And um, one thing I'm talking about uh, conversion. So a conversion rate is the percentage of people that clicked that became a lead and anything below 20% for us is a problem unless it's an industry that's super difficult and they can, they sure. they're okay with cost per lead, but 20% uh, really we're, we're, we're okay. This company's out of our red zone or yellow zone into the green. Um, and then we have as high as 80%. Uh, most companies are going to convert somewhere at like five to 10% um, overcomplicate things or, they're sending broad traffic and it's too broad. Therefore it's just not going to naturally push through the funnel correctly because it's not exactly what they were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So simple mobile traffic. Yep. Um, and then you're requesting either phone calls or some type of form. Is there any, you, I mean, it sounds super simple on your lane. I mean, no video, it's just simple, uh, phone call consultation, um, quote pricing, whatever they just, does like it basically your- repeat the ad? Somewhat. Um, I guess you, have, you only have one page, right? All your ads right. go to one page? So it, it depends. So if it's a, let's say it's a, um, let's say it's a water damage company. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. The, the main one would be, the main landing page would be water damage. But let's say they also want to target mold. Mold you want a, a separate landing page for. So let's say it's SeanMcCool.co uh, uh, is the main water. But then we do forward slash mold or mold inspection okay. or mold removal to make a second page there. You want the message to market match at like a at like a, a vertical level. Sure. Um, it doesn't really have to be at like water damage, water remediation, water damage removal. You don't have to go that granular with it. As long as it's themed appropriately and it would make sense for why that ad would go to that landing page, okay. then it makes sense. But if it's like different sub services within the niche, then it should be broken out into different landing pages yeah. to get, uh, well, also keep in mind, 
everyone doesn't have unlimited budgets. You have to do the best you can with what you've got. And sometimes someone paying us extra doesn't make sense where they're better off just dumping more money into budget. So you have to kind of marry both sides between um, the client spending more towards budget where it should be versus them just paying us more to build out more stuff that probably won't get that much traffic anyway. So you got to put some strategy behind it because sure. it's, they're better off spending money. They'll stay, they'll stay longer. You know, <laughs> good point. So does your Good ad point. spend depend on um, your geographic? I mean, say I'm, I'm a local uh, contractor and I've got a hundred mile radius, you know, in my yep. local area. So probably a little more reasonable ad spend for me than somebody that's, you know, covering an Dentist. entire state. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Or somebody yeah. that has so a broader... Uh, a broader it's relative yeah. it's relative to the niche it's relative to the click cost it's relative to the geo targeting so these are all auctions mm-hmm. water damage roofing plumbing uh okay. family law attorneys are all going to pay different click costs i see yeah so what we layer on top of this is something we call the google ads golden ratio mm-hmm. and what that is is it's it's a simple formula to help us come up with what a client's budget should be for a localized market now we've been in our core 40 markets so much that we know out of the gate what the budget mm. should already be, or we don't need to redo this formula. Sure. But the simple math on this is we use a tool called keywords everywhere, which is a free plugin that gives you estimated click costs for that market. Mm-hmm. So we take that estimated click cost and we multiply that by five and that'll give us a daily budget. Ah, and that's cool. We time that by five days a week and that'll give us a weekly Monday through Friday budget times that by four, that'll give us the monthly budget. So just for ease of math here, let's say the average click cost is five bucks, I'm sorry, 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. And let's say um, our uh, average conversion rate is 20%. So that means we're converting one out of five clicks into a lead. And this gets us into a place where we can get the client at least a lead per day. We're shooting for more, but at a basic level, can we get them 20 at bats a month? Is that gonna get them an ROI on the campaign? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Um, So um, 10, times five is $50 a day. And then um, stretch that out over the, the course of the week and the month, and that's a $1,000 a month ad budget. And that's at a very basic level how we come up with budgets for clients, um, you know, pretty much across the board. And then every $50 you bump up, if you're running Monday through Friday, is another thousand bucks over the course of the month. Sure. So you can get to the numbers really quickly. You said that was very keywords cool. everywhere. Is that, that's an online tool or is an app? Yeah, it's a free plugin. Um, okay. You can it with it now for, for usage over a certain amount, I think, but it's like, gotcha. I think for 10 bucks, you'd be good for the year uh, type of thing. That's cool. And that'll give you a search volume for, um, and, and keyword ideas for every search engine, YouTube, Google, DuckDuckGo, wherever yeah. you're going to be. Okay. That, that brings up a whole nother question there. It's like, <laughs> exactly. So I was, we talk about Google a lot, but you just threw out, you know, three or four other names. Yep. Are you still, are you guys doing, you're obviously doing some stuff there. Yeah. Like what percentage? Cause I know people forget about those. Like 90, 99, uh, we're at 195 clients. We got one client on bank. So hundred and what is that? 99.9 okay. <laughs> or 99.5, whatever it is. Um, um, Bing is, it is what it is. It's built into people's desktops, depending on what manufacturer you buy. So they're using it, but no one really goes, let me Bing that. It's let me Google that. So just keep in mind, not everyone's got, or everyone doesn't have unlimited budget. So just go to where the market is and go to Google. That's where you're going to 80, 20, the traffic. Um, 
But duck, start there. Duck, duck goes building some momentum, right? I mean, they're still uh, when, when it when it hits that crossover point, we'll, we'll go there and we'll crush that market because Bing and and go are, are relatively easy. Yeah, uh, to, to Google. Sure. Um, but for right now, it's kind of where we're at. And then um, we we do search based ads, so the search engines versus say YouTube, which would be more display or or um, remarketing or behavior. Um, there's some keyword stuff in there and then certainly not Facebook. So those are different styles. Those are more like traditional, like newspaper style, um, or magazine style direct response marketing. Yeah. These are, um, search driven based on the 10 of the keyword. Yeah. I can see Doug, Doug go maybe in certain niches, you know, that are privacy focused, mm-hmm. prepper focused, oh, yeah. like that, those type of things. Yeah. I, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying yeah. for us, as a business decision, we, it's, it's, uh, we're better off yeah. just focusing on yeah. Google at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, if you wanted to get on retail shelves, you would focus on Walmart and target first yeah. because that's where yeah. the majority of and Amazon, you know, yep. that that's, uh, that's where you'd want to go. So makes sense. Well, so I'm curious on the thank you page. It's just a simple. Thank you page. No tricks or hidden gems. there. just basic. Your transaction worked and we'll be in yeah. touch. We'll, we'll call you, we'll call you, we'll call you, some, <laughs> we'll yeah. call you in five minutes type of an approach. Yeah. You can load it up with testimonial videos. Um, but at that point you already got the lead. Mm-hmm. They yeah. should be, um, you know, calling up pretty shortly. So sure. And most people, yeah. I think, I mean, I know when I go through a funnel like that, I'm, I'm like, okay, I've, I've done what I came to do. Yep. I really don't want to sit around and look at a thank you page, you know, exactly. no matter what, no matter what's on it, I'm, I'm ready to move on to whatever's next on my to-do yep. list. Exactly, and once they fill that out, that's the the it's the company the the company the client that's doing the follow up, right? It's not correct. Yeah, Yeah. we uh, the form permissions would go to um, members of their team, whatever email them going to. Same with CallRail. So CallRail is a third party call tracking tool we use for 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 call tracking. Mm -hmm. Um, That whatever destination uh, number that they want. It just allows us to track not just that a call came at a campaign level, uh, but specifically what keywords are driving the, the goods. Do you, Example, I'm curious, do you guys monitor call rail? Because uh, I've used that in the past. I know, <laughs> I mean, then you start getting into having conversations. Sometimes you start having conversations about like, okay, uh, you guys really seriously need to pr- improve your sales. Um, your sales selling, your phone selling online. Cause I've listened to mm-hmm. some conversations, uh, in the past, you know, through call rail and, you know, you start to, you start to see where, you know, there's the bottleneck, you know, you go through the, uh, you know, the efficiency and you start seeing, okay, well, wh- where's the bottleneck. And then you listen to one of these calls by sometimes by members of the company, whoever it is, their customer service or whatever. And you're thinking, well, no wonder they're not making any sales. Do you listen to this guy? I mean, do you ever have to have yeah. that uh, that kind of conversation? Then, then the sister-in-law oh, yeah. that's answering the phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. If she's answering the phone. If she's uh, answering the phone. Yeah. So, one reason we really like CallRail is it'll record the calls too. Yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. and you nailed it. So it's a, usually an eye-opening event for the owner of the company that isn't taking the calls themselves when he can go on and spot check yeah. and be like, you know, you've missed seven calls this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you doing? You're paying hey, for those, for those people that don't know, um, can you just describe what call rail is and what it does? Yeah. So call rail is a third party, um, call service that allows you to basically rent or lease phone numbers mm-hmm. and then forward those to wherever you want to ring. So like I can, 
instead of putting my, my, my cell phone as my business number, I can get a call rail number forward that to my cell phone and it will, um, it will allow me to record the call. It'll allow me forward to wherever it'll give a voicemail. It's just, a, it's a tracking service. And at the call, uh, the Google ads level, we get pools of numbers that rotate through the campaign. Mm-hmm. Each customer is going to get anywhere from six to 15 numbers, depending on how yeah. big the, uh, the budget is. All right. And you could also, then you could use the same thing for your postcard campaign. Yep. Billboard. Yep. If you're using a billboard, Yep. So you really yep. do, you really understand where traffic is coming from. It's just 100%. another way to track, right? hundred percent. And, and Jonathan, you, you nailed something earlier. Um, people ask us um, in the sales process, what their return on investment is going to be. Mm-hmm. And our, our job is to bring the horse to water. Your job is to make it drink. Absolutely. All companies have different skill sets and different abilities and right. some not at all. That's scary. Um, and I learned this in, I think, 2017-ish, right around Trump in office. Um, the Houston and Austin uh, immigration markets were on fire for mm-hmm. obvious reasons what was going on. And we had two immigration attorney clients. We both got 90 leads roughly in the month. One got 18 new clients and one got one. One thought we were great. One thought we were horrendous. And we were like, what? That's the same campaign. It's a yeah. cloned campaign. Like, what's going on? Roughly the same everything. Mm-hmm. And we listened to all the recordings to kind of coach and one winged every single call and didn't have any process. And then one had a really good intake process. And um, it taught us at that point that our job is not to install sales systems. I mean, we can certainly help and coach, but that's not our job. Our job is to bring the horse to water. Um, at oh, some yeah. point they've got responsibility for that part of the, the process or bring in a consultant to help with the intaking and, and sales process to, to, to fix that. Cause that's a huge leaky bucket that most companies overlook. It's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's big time. I, I had a, I've still got a friend to this day. He was a client years ago and he's in, uh, he's in the bariatric surgery niche. And, you know, we had the call rail set up on his and we would listen to some of the calls from his receptionist that they would take <laughs> to his clients and they were rude and as if, you know, this potential customer was like, you know, eating into their own time. I mean, it was awful. It was just like, man, you, you got to do something about this because this is killing you. I mean, your, 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 uh, your customer service or your people that are working for you are, are turning your customers away or your clientele away just by their attitudes. And um, I think he had to have a, like a, one of those come to Jesus meetings with his staff, you know. Yeah. For those... Uh, entrepreneurial salespeople out there, there's a whole business sitting right here for you. If you're, <laughs> if you're listening. You could take the, those call rail calls and then yeah. pre-sell them, mm-hmm. follow up. I mean, it's a huge Absolutely. opportunity. Yep. Yeah. yep. And, uh, and, and I'm a big Jay Abraham fan oh, and yeah. uh, the different ways to grow a business, uh, just small changes in, in sales conversion rate from 10, 10% to 11%. That's a 10% increase. It yep. seems like 1%. It's a 10% increase. Absolutely. You don't need to move the ocean here. You just need to make incremental tweaks that can really have big impact on the bottom line. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an area that should be focused on. It's one of the big levers, but most people overlook it, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. It reminds me of the, uh, Robert Collier letter book and like how one phrase can like completely transform a business. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've, I've, I, every, it seems like every time we go to dinner, I still haven't done anything about it, but I'm always like, if the waiters would just ask about dessert in a specific way, yeah. instead of saying, do you want dessert? Right. 
Hey, yeah. you guys going to have dessert tonight? And you're like, yeah, eh, kind of yeah. full. You know, you just ate. You're like, nah, I'm <laughs> yeah. good. But if you, if you said, Hey, would you guys like your dessert here or to go? Mm-hmm. Right. Now it's like, Oh yeah. Just box it up for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause usually yeah. you're full when you go out to eat. Yeah. Can we send yeah. this hey, carrot cake home I know, with you tonight? Yeah. I know I'm going to be hungry in an hour. So, right. yeah. and then you increase your, your ticket size. Absolutely. So you're going to get a better tip. Yep. It's a higher profit margin item for the restaurant, like all kinds of stuff. And that's with yep. that one sentence. And yeah, you could do a couple different variations of it, but there's no training on that kind of stuff yeah. for mm-hmm. servers and, and restaurants. Yep. And that comes uh, to our landing pages. So we get a lot of, well, not a lot, but sometimes client requests to make edits to the landing page or tweak something or change the color. And, and I have to respectfully decline <laughs> as nicely as possible and be like, listen, yeah, with all respect, this is what we do for a living. That's we drive right. a lot of, a lot of leads. Um, and left is coming from insight from actively running a Google ads campaign and getting yeah. good conversion here. Just trust us on this one. We can always split test it in the future, but let's just start at the gate with a known entity here mm-hmm. and then test in the future. Once we have that, uh, <laughs> that piece dialed in, um, yeah. sometimes clients can get out of their own way and you have to. Respect oh yeah. Well, well, my, you guys my daughter, who's uh, she's a branding specialist. She's told me that yes. we need to change. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My, my, my sister-in-law's yep. brother's cousin is taking a marketing course right now. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, I love that you guys are cloning stuff. So, you know, this stuff works, yeah. you know, and, and there's for these types of business, I imagine there's not a huge variance in like regions and things like that. Yeah. That you have to worry about. Um, so it's, it probably is going to come down to that sales process yeah. at the end of the right. day. It's a big piece for you. Yeah. Well, Ed, I know you've got, uh, we don't want to cut in your personal time. I know you yeah. got to pick up some kids. Um, yeah, I so, do. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, thanks for hanging out with us, man. It's been fun. It was great catching up with you. This has been fascinating to, uh, for you to kind of break down exactly what you do and, and, uh, how you do get your clients more, uh, you know, more higher paying customers, right? Higher. That's the key. I, I had a blast. Um, yeah, I'm usually terrified of public speaking. So, uh, <laughs> I agree. And people yeah, can find just... the best place people can find you is at, at clicksgeek got yep. dot com, right? Yeah, correct. Yep. Google yeah. ads management services. We've got some courses that teach us stuff as well. Google ads, landing pages, yep. uh, direct mail. If you're looking to, um, uh, learn how to get direct mail, uh, how, learn how to get consulting or marketing style clients right. through direct mail. Um, man, our landing page is loading slow today. Wow. That's yeah. terrible. Could be, um, a, could be a on, thing. Hey, on a personal, on, on just a side note real quick, do you guys work with any, um, paving contractors locally? Uh, yeah. Paving concrete. Um, well, lots of different contractors. So yeah, I like the paving space. It's good. Is that what it, does any of that, any of that, uh, pertain to asphalt or is it mostly concrete? Um, I like, uh, pay, uh asphalt more, um, oh, depending okay. on residential or commercial, we can do striping as well. Striping is a nice little add on. Okay. So I'll be calling you next week because there's a, I, I, the reason I'm, I'm not in that niche or I'm not doing anything, but I have, I'm, I'm in uh, industrial sales. So, uh, okay. I'm working with a, uh, a manufacturing company that manufactures, um, basically a chemical for asphalt. Okay. Uh, applications. So I think okay. there's some tie in there that, um, that, uh, we could, we could do some things together. 
<laughs> yeah, I've got a, I got a niche I'd like to talk about as well. So I'll be Absolutely. in touch. As, I'll be. I'll get your info from from Jonathan. Cool. If you guys want any of our uh, any of our courses for uh, any of those, just let me know and I can set you guys up with uh, free access to them. Oh cool. man, thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Well, thanks so much. We'll be, uh, we're, uh, we'll get this out early next week or the audio version. We'll have it published and, uh, thanks buddy. I appreciate you, uh, coming on and spend some time. I know you got to run, but, uh, it's been a pleasure. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. See you guys. Have a great day. All right. See ya. Take care, man. Ah, that was solid stuff, man. Good little tips there. I want (laughs) to see some of those landing pages too. I know. I know. So Um, we'll have to, we'll have to do a, off the record viewing of some of the landing pages because I'm sure they're going to be so simple. I mean, I've, I, that's what oh, I've found has worked, you know, more often than not mm-hmm. is super simple. One of the best ones I've seen is where it literally matches the ad, like same image yeah. from the ad of oh, this is on Facebook with the same headline and then like nothing else on the page so mm-hmm. that there's, because if they've already said yes to the information that's on the ad, anything else you add to the landing page could just end up adding an objection is right you know, But yep. if it just confirms what they just saw, there's no resistance or yep. almost no resistance. Yep. So, but yeah, good stuff. We'll have to, I'll definitely have to get in touch with him. He's worked with da- David Dutton, um, was showing me cause he's, uh, David's worked with Ed in the past and David's put together a landing page for a fence contractor there locally. He was showing it to me. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It's like best. And I want to say it starts with best, but I cannot, I'll get it completely wrong on the show, but uh, I, I can look it up and maybe on a follow-up or something like that. But yeah. it's, it, you're exactly just as he said, it's super simple, nothing fancy, no videos, no nothing. Basically, you know, call for a consultation or a quote, you know, so, and it works. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, if you could, uh, like you don't need a YouTube. fancy ebook. You don't need the seven steps or the seven mistakes and all this stuff. Nope. You know, we used to not talk, in, preach that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, especially not in this, in that type of niche, maybe in information yeah. products, That's right. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, when you're trying to get somebody a service or a physical product or something like that, you, absolutely. Yeah. You don't need, I don't yep. think you need that as much. Yep. All right, man. Good stuff. We got another show coming up. Yep. We do another, a great follow beverage. up. We're going to be talking some Dan Kennedy stuff. We're going to be talking about uh, hijacking the mind and inventing what I call uh, what he says talks about like inventing problems. Yeah, cool. We've talked about uh, we touched on a little in the past, but we're going to dig in a little deeper. Uh, yeah, and that's some just DK stuff. And that's just one of the many things he covers in, in that. Oh yeah, kind of that we're pulling from. Yep. So. We might dip into some other absolutely stuff around uh, mind hacking. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. All right, we'll see you guys next time. You can find us over at persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your podcast platforms: Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify, you name it. And uh, as always, uh, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, leave us five stars, and we will see you all next time. See ya.